You're a 415er. 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. Back again, back again. What is going on, everyone? The 415ers podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with you on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Download, rate, and subscribe. Five stars only. It is Evan Giddings. It is Mark Grandy. Mark, what's going on, my man? How are you doing? Oh, not too much, Evan. Same old, same old. Just getting ready for another uh, weekend of football and uh, excited to get it rolling with you here on the 415ers. Absolutely. Well, there's a lot to talk about in 49er land, obviously coming off of a tough loss, 28-14 in week six to Atlanta, now three and three. We're going to get into why you should as well as shouldn't maybe feel confident about this team, as well as what are some of the you know the kind of issues that we talked about on Monday as far as comebacks with the 49ers are concerned. But where we want to start today is with George Kittle. Because George Kittle, after the Falcons game, was talking to reporters on Sunday and mentioned the fact that, quote, the 49ers have a standard that we play at. We play at a very high level with a lot of energy, 100% effort in every single play. I don't know if we gave that today. Now, that's something that a lot of fans might also align with. And quite frankly, also, the team just looked like based on the, the lopsided loss to Atlanta. But what was interesting is that Kyle Shanahan then earlier this week in his own press conference kind of refuted that. He said, essentially, like, I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like we didn't give 100% effort on Sunday. And that kind of perked people's ears because you got a head coach that's evidently not on the same page with his number one tight end, the leader on the team, core member of the group or vice versa. Um, but I'm curious what you made of it, Mark, because I thought it was much to do about nothing when Kittle said it, because that's kind of how I felt. But then when Kyle Shanahan doubles back and says, that's not actually how I feel, then I start to wonder, okay, well, what what's really going on here? I'm not sure I, I read into it all that much. Um, you're right, it is kind of interesting that head coach and star offensive player are disagreeing there. But Shanahan also did say, after saying he disagrees with Kittle there, that he he's likes that George Kittle said that. He, quote, I like George saying that. That's, to me, how you feel, especially when a team, quote, kind of dominates the game in terms of how they ran the ball and the amount of carries they got compared to us and the time of possession. So Shanahan is saying, like, I want my star players to feel that way, but he's also not going to throw his players under the bus and say, you know, they came out with terrible effort. He's going to take the blame for the loss. And I think ultimately that's, that's what happened. And beyond that, I'm not sure there's really too much to look into it. Now I I do wonder specifically what George Kittle was referencing. Maybe he saw something from, I don't know, a position group from a few players. Maybe it was just a generalization team wide. He's obviously not going to call out anyone by name that's just not the the 49er way and and not the person that George Kittle is I think that's where I might be curious the most what did he see specifically to cause him to say that was it on the defensive side of the ball was it that third and what 14 or 15 conversion where Marcus Mariota easily fooled the entire 49ers front I think he saw Samuel Womack come crashing in from a side didn't hold the edge and it turned into an easy run and conversion for Mariota. Was it something there? Was it the run game struggling? Was it some uh, some drops 
in the passing game. I'm not sure exactly what he's referencing, but that would be what I'm most interested in. Uh, who, who was he talking about? What was he talking about? And less so about the disagreement, because I'm not sure that Kyle Shanahan is in a position to say, yeah, they didn't play hard enough. And I think at the same time, he's just giving the credit to the Falcons, which they certainly deserve rushing the ball 40 times and controlling that game from start to finish. So I'm not you know, too interested in uh, how Kyle Shanahan feels about that. I'm more so just wondering what George Kittle saw. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that you have a player on the field who in a lot of ways embodies intensity, especially with your team in George Kittle. And you have a head coach who, I mean, just being honest, like is not that intense of an individual. So, and from that sense, maybe it's also much to do about nothing because look, you got a guy who feels like he didn't give maybe his max effort today because his max effort is incredibly high. And Shanahan is saying, well, you know, I, I thought we we're, you know, pretty much where we're always supposed to be, which is even keeled according to him. And that's where he felt like the team was entering headspace wise. And, you know, the chips fell and they didn't, turn out in the 49ers favor. I I do think that the answer though, from Shanahan is one that is apropos for him and his head coaching style. But I think that's also a lot of the, the issue with from fans with him is the fact that, I mean, he, like you said, he, he talked about, you know, wanting his players to feel like that, but it doesn't feel like he does. And I, and, and not that your head coach should be, you know, screaming up and down the sidelines or getting into press conferences and being a big rah-rah guy. But I get, I just guess that after a loss in which the 49ers pretty much got their asses kicked by a team that we both believe to be not terrible, but inferior to them, even with the injuries, uh, I guess people were just hoping that, you know, there might be a little more fire lit under Shanahan, especially coming into a big week in week seven, where you got a potential Super Bowl contender down the line and one that has already beaten you in the Super Bowl in Kansas City. Well, I think I would respond to that with two things. First of all, what Kyle Shanahan says to the media generally does not represent what he's saying to his team internally. He very well could have ripped his team, you know, as hard as we've seen him all year, you know, Internally, in the locker room after the game, after breaking down film right now down in Santa Clara. We really have no way of knowing that. Um, You know, the Niners are on a tight ship. Generally, things do not get out like that. So I wouldn't say that that didn't happen entirely. And he, I don't think he's he's, he's not the guy that's going to trash his team in the media. And, and maybe trash isn't the right word. But he's not going to say those kinds of things right after the game, the day after the game on a conference call to the media for everyone to hear. He's going to, if he feels the need to do that sort of thing, I think he's going to do it internally. And second, I would ask you, I mean, did you see a lack of intensity? Did you see a team that didn't come out with the right energy? I'm not so sure I saw that. I saw an injury depleted team on the second week of a two week East coast trip um, against a, a, a decent team, but with a really good run game who controlled the, the game on the ground. I'm not sure it's anything you know, two out of the ordinary, certainly you would have hoped that the team could have won, ran the ball better and two slowed down the run better on the other side of the ball. But I, I don't know about you. I didn't see like any red flags popping out to me saying, Oh my God, this team simply just wasn't ready. They are, you know, the head coach didn't get them ready. They're not energized. They're not ready. They're, they're, you know, slow out of the gates. I 
didn't really see that. I just think really? it was more the circumstances. Yeah, no, I, I I didn't see a lack of effort or or energy. You didn't see it, a lack of focus, like a lack of discipline. Like to me, those are all things that are wrapped up under the guise of intensity, and that's the reason why. I felt like they found themselves in a hole. Now, I think after they went down 14 nothing, they they played pretty well, especially in the second half. Like they sort of flip-flopped. The offense played well in the first half, didn't play well in the second half. Defense didn't have a good start to the game. Defense did a good job the last half of the game. But when you're not having the same sort of complementary football, especially in the 49ers and you are injury depleted, like that to me does maybe not scream, "Oh my gosh, like this this team was just you know, went out there and thought they could kind of cakewalk past the Falcons. But there was certainly a lack of intensity compared to where we'd seen the team in prior weeks. I don't know. I mean, you're playing without six starters at the start of the game on defense. A few others go out. I mean, you saw many, many snaps for players like Akeem Spence and uh, Kamoko Ture, uh, Kerry Hyder and Hassan Ridgeway all got a lot of snaps. You saw Oren Burks and Demetrius Flanagan Fowles get defensive snaps. They're generally only special teamers. Same thing for George Odom. You saw some Tarvarius Moore snaps. I mean, this is a unit that, you know, had to throw in guys that generally in a perfect world would never see a defensive snap. So, um, you know, maybe it's it's a cop out for me to, to say injuries. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe they were a little slow getting out of the blocks, uh, you know, that, that 14, nothing deficit. A lot of that was because of the, the Jeff Wilson jr. Fumble. And no one has a, a single bad word to say about Jeff Wilson jr. He's beloved in the locker room. And I don't think a fumble necessarily means like you didn't come with the right energy. I don't know. I, I think it's, it's simpler than a lot of people are making it. Um, I think it's good that George Kittle feels that way. He's probably going to get on his teammates about it if he honestly feels that way, which I'm, I'm sure he does. And, you know, they're probably going to come out firing a bit better against Kansas City. Uh, they're going to need to because that's a really good team. But I'm not sure I, I, I saw anything that that really worries me in that game related to effort. I think it was just a, a culmination of of a lot of circumstances and maybe the effort wasn't as good as it should be, but I don't think it was so bad that it deserves, you know, you know, a call out by the head coach. No, but it wasn't like he was calling anyone out. All I'll, at least I, I just felt like all he had to do is simply say, yeah, you know, maybe we didn't give our best effort. George is one of our leaders. He felt like we lacked intensity. He's on the field. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll roll with his better judgment. Uh, to me, that's not calling anyone out. That's just kind of a, a, acknowledging what someone's truth is that is on the on the field and in the huddle. But I, I don't know. I guess it just seemed like if there are players that have to step up in the stead, like you mentioned, playing snaps that they probably shouldn't be, I feel like that's sort of the time for those team leaders, the, the, the Fred Warner's, you know, the Drake Greenlaws um, on offense, you know, Debo Samuel, Ayuk I, did play very well. He was he was one player that we highlighted, certainly, uh, that outside of garbage time was dominant against the Falcons. But like we also talked about in our reaction episode over the weekend, like there was a lot of missed tackles. There was a lot of situations where not just backups, but also starting players were getting carried forward on defense. And it just felt like the Falcons, a team that has a pretty simple equation to try and beat you. You weren't able to stop that. And I don't know if it comes down to simply just not having all of your guys. 
or you know there being a lack of intensity. But it felt like there was something missing there, and and maybe it's just an oversimplification to put it under the umbrella of intensity. But I think that's more what George Kittle was talking about, and why I was curious that Shanahan didn't affirm that because. To me, it it did look like there was an ingredient missing, certainly on the 49ers side. And that's why the Falcons were able to just pretty much roll up and down the field in the first half offensively, right before the half and then out of the break, and really capitalize on all of the mistakes that the 49ers made, uh, especially as far as drops and then ill-time penalties. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's fair. Um, I'm not sure... I mean, you know, you mentioned, you know, Fred Warner on the defensive side and, and Debo Samuel on offense. You know, this is a moment when they're down so many other starters. They've got to step up and they've got to bring that energy and that passion. And, you know, I'm sure they did. I would, you know, offer back at you. I don't know how much more you can ask them to do. I mean, specifically Fred Warner, who's like seemingly one of the last guys standing from a great defensive unit this early in the season. And he is really never missed a game in his 49ers career. Um, I mean, there's only so much he can do, and he's been fantastic this season. Um, I don't know. I, I I get that, you know, when you see a team, and, and specifically, you know, a team like the Falcons, you know, less talented than the 49ers, that's for sure. Now, maybe when you consider who was available in this game, you know, the talent discrepancy probably is a lot less, and, and maybe closer to even, but certainly there's a, an expectations different difference. I feel like, you know, us and, and Niner fans and, and other people in the media want to find, you know, a reason and a, a scapegoat. And the scapegoat this time, you know, George Kittle said it himself, it was a lack of energy. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan, I'm not saying you're saying this, but Kyle Shanahan needs to make sure his team is ready, needs to come out with better energy. You can't have let that happen Kyle Shanahan I don't know I think sometimes it's it's simpler than what we make it out to be uh again I, I think it was a confluence of issues a, a long road trip a, a team that runs the ball really well going up against a depleted defensive unit and again I'm not saying that the energy was perfect it, it probably wasn't I mean I think under the circumstances probably hard to be perfect in that regard but um I don't think it was you know, reason number one, why the 49ers lost this game. The reason number one, they lost this game is probably because they couldn't run the ball on their offensive side and Jeff Wilson Jr. Fumbled. And maybe your, your argument is, well, that's an energy issue. I, I'm not so certain about that, but um, I, I, I think it's relatively simple that, you know, sometimes football is a funny game where things happen. And that's, that's an instance of this one. Well, football's a funny game the next two weeks. The 49ers are going to go into the bye three and five. So that's <laughs> that's the reality of the situation. Um, and and not to try and I'm not trying to throw anybody on the bus. I just thought it was interesting um, because that's an issue. If it is that certainly cannot show up on Sunday when you got the defending. Oh, yeah. well, la last three conference championship teams coming in in the Kansas City Chiefs like that can't happen. No, it can't. And they're coming in off a loss as well. And, you know, history suggests you don't want to play Kyle Shanahan off a loss. History, you know, demands that you do not want to play Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes off a loss. So uh, you're going to have, you know, a, a couple of teams upset at themselves. And uh, generally, I would take an angry, angry uh, Andy Reid over an angry Kyle Shanahan. So it should be an interesting matchup. 
Definitely. Uh, you are listening to the 415ers here on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. As always, three times a week, Evan Giddings, Mark Randy. I'm on social at eGiddings10. Mark is on social at Mark Randy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. Download, rate, and subscribe. Five stars only. All right. So let's move on to kind of the, the real issue, not pontificating about lack of energy, lack of edge, intensity, whatever. The, the primary issue with the 49ers and statistically backed up by something you brought up over the weekend is the fact that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers have a really hard time coming back from deficits, specifically in the second half. Uh, I, I know that you brought up a number on our last pod. I saw Josh Dubow of the Associated Press put out a similar one, which was Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers in his time there are now 0-24 when trailing by four or more points entering the fourth quarter. So that is something that really caught my eye should catch anyone's eye. The zero, I would understand if it was a terrible record, maybe four and 20, two and 22. That's a disadvantageous position, obviously, to be in. But you're telling me in about 20 percent of the games that Kyle Shanahan has coached in as a 49ers head coach. In those situations, he has not been able to win a single one of them. Now, there's been a lot of bad seasons. I get it. But even with Jimmy Garoppolo, even with his full complement of defensive studs, he has not been able to do it. So why do these 49ers struggle to come back under Shanahan? I think you kind of hit the nail on the head uh, a few minutes ago, Mark, if they can't run the ball. And when you're down, you large in part can't run the ball or at least do so at a rate that Kyle Shanahan likes to. So if Jeff Wilson Jr., if you know that backfield is not producing at a high rate and Kyle Shanahan down even sometimes a score is not able to repeatedly put the ball on the ground and pick up four maybe five yards at a time if he's not able to methodically move the ball down the field like ironically he tried to do in the fourth quarter against Atlanta then this team is going to struggle coming back from down late in games. And we saw it again against Atlanta. We've seen it since 2017, since Kyle Shanahan took over as head coach. And that's something that a lot of fans are feel fearful of moving forward against better teams like the one that's coming up this weekend. Yeah. And I think first of all, and I know you did a good job explaining the stat, but I just want to make sure that everyone understands exactly what this stat means. So Owen 26, when entering the fourth quarter, trailing by more than four points, that does not mean that the 49ers were down by seven in the middle of the fourth quarter, and they've never come back to win. That happened in the NFC Championship game. But technically, in that game, it was tied going into the fourth quarter. This is specifically at the end of the third, at the start of the fourth quarter stat. When the Niners are down by four or more at that moment of the game, after three quarters, under Kyle Shanahan, they are 0-26. They have had fourth quarter comebacks of larger than four points, under Kyle Shanahan, but again, that was when, say, for example, in the NFC Championship game, it's tied after three. The Rams, or or pardon me, I mentioned I, I meant the end of the regular season against the Rams. They are tied after three. The Rams then score early in the fourth, and then the Niners come back and win. So that makes this stat, you know, moot in relation to that game specifically. So it's not well, and, say, and they were down seventeen at one point in that game, but that was in the first half. Yeah. And you know that that's that's a good point as well. They came back from an even larger deficit. Um but again that will not be referenced in this stat because the stat is is relatively um 
you know, uh, specific about, you know, the moment in which the Niners are trailing. So I will say, I think the stat is a little bit misleading. And then when you try to relate it to, you know, not only Shanahan, but Garoppolo, I think you can even take it a step further and wonder how much this really means for the 49ers moving forward or what it tells us about Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo in the current regime. Of the 24 games, I did a little bit of digging, of those 24 games in which the Niners have trailed by four or more under Shanahan at the end of the third quarter, only six of those games happened with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. So it's it's a relatively smaller sample for Jimmy Garoppolo specifically, now still winless, 0-6 in those instances when trailing by four or more after the third quarter. But I do think that this stat deserves that sort of context because I think it's easy to just see that 0-26 number and easy to say this team has never come back from a fourth quarter deficit. This team cannot, you know, come from behind. Jimmy Garoppolo is a bad quarterback. He's not the answer there. And it's, you know, it's not quite as black and white as that. There's there's more context that this deserves. Now, there's still a conversation. Why do the 49ers struggle at doing it? I think you're right. It's about the run game. It's about the fact that this is a team, you know, that everything is because of the run game. This team, uh, you know, it, it kind of works both ways, this stat does. Generally, the 49ers have a lead going into the fourth quarter. They're going to win the game. There's been, you know, some high-profile moments where that wasn't the case, unfortunately. The Super Bowl against the Chiefs, the NFC Championship game against the Rams just last year. But generally speaking, you give this team a lead in the fourth quarter, and really you give any team a lead in the fourth quarter, they're more likely to win than lose. But specifically this Niner team, because of their run game, because of their ability to eat clock, we saw that in Atlanta, despite the fact that they were trailing by 14 points in the fourth quarter, which is strange. But generally that's a drive we see the Niners do when they're up by a score or 10 points in the fourth quarter, and it's the final nail in the opponent's coffin. So um, I think it works both ways that this is a Niner team just based on the way that they are are made up, the way that they're composed. They're going to struggle to come back from fourth quarter deficits, but they're also going to do a really good job in generally holding on to fourth quarter leads. Uh, just the way that this team is, it's it's not going to promote those sort of comebacks too often. Yeah, and. Look, in 2019, I believe Jimmy Garoppolo had the most fourth or fourth quarter comebacks in football. Like he had four over his career. He's had 10. And that's that's nothing to scoff at. But when you take a look at the list of quarterbacks that are also around him, uh, look, he's got 10 for his career. Carson Wentz has 11. Nick Foles has 11. <laughs> Kirk Cousins has 17. Mm. So it isn't as if. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to besmirch Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan. I think that stat is kind of on both of them. Uh, but when you look around the rest of the quarterbacks that are, you know, in a similar class to Garoppolo, it, it isn't as if it's impossible to come back in a fourth quarter. Uh, quarterbacks that are inferior, about the same, maybe a little bit better, have done it at a similar rate. I just wonder, okay, next time the 49ers are going to be down and there's a strong possibility that it will be on Sunday at about maybe not 125, but about, I'd say, 135, 140 uh, Pacific time. 
around the time Patrick Mahomes gets the ball on his first drive for the Chiefs. So, <clears throat> pardon me. Heads up. Um, <laughs> choking right there, like some of these fourth quarters for the Niners. Uh, so, what I'm what I'm basically trying to get at is like, so then how do you try and combat that? I mean, to me, it as much as we've talked about Kyle Shanahan's willingness to pass the ball early in downs in previous episodes, I do wonder if he will try this weekend and moving forward to get back to the run game, knowing that, look, I mean, Jimmy G needs to be in rhythm, but maybe having our running game in rhythm is more important even if we're trailing in certain games. that That's something that I, I'm i going to sort of take note of and keep an eye on um, just because against the Chiefs, against maybe even the Rams out after that, like they're probably going to be down at some point. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting, and Kyle Shanahan would probably agree with you. He needs to get the run game working. Um, I will say it's... It's probably not going to make the fan base happy because every time that Kyle Shanahan runs the ball on first down, I mean, there's what hundreds of 49er fans on Twitter yelling at him. Why aren't you throwing the ball? Give us play action. Like we want to see Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball downfield to George Kittle and Brandon. Ayuk and Debo Sam like he can't win. And he's not worried about what 49er fans, you know, are tweeting about during games. Um, but I think it's interesting that the conversation after the Atlanta game has kind of shifted back to, okay, you threw the ball 40 times. Like, let's get the run game going. You rush for 50 yards. That's unacceptable. But the Niners could rush for 150 yards on the ground and get five and a half yards per carry. And Niner fans would be saying, all right, let's, we want to see you throw the ball a bit more. You've got these great weapons and I'm, I'm not, you know, throwing this on you at all. I'm just general conversation around this 49er team. It, it always tends to go that way. I do agree with you that the run game has to be better uh, than it was against Atlanta. That's probably the most obvious statement uh, about this Niner team this season. Uh, They simply cannot rush for just 50 yards. Um, And the reality is, you know, regardless of who the quarterback is, at least at this stage, whether it was Trey Lance in you know his first year as the starter or Jimmy Garoppolo, the offense was not going to be successful without a good run game uh, because everything is built off of the run game. You know the the play action that we saw be so lethal for the 49ers in that year they went to the Super Bowl and played Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. It was because their run game was so great. Raheem Mostert would break big ones. Every other week, it seemed like it, last year, even with Elijah Mitchell, the run game was fantastic and it opened up a lot in the past game. Uh, we've seen that for a few games here or there this season, specifically the Rams game and the Panthers game. But it hasn't been, I think, a large enough sample yet that opponents are respecting the run game like they ex- they respected past 49er run games to this point. And that is what makes you know, it difficult, more difficult to throw the ball and, and throw the ball for, you know, 20 yard chunks down the field. Uh, I think Garoppolo does deserve a lot of credit for some of the throws he did make against Atlanta. It was some of the, you know, the more impressive deep throws I've seen him make in a really long time as a member of the 49ers. But still, um, it's no secret that the passing game was seriously hampered because of their inability to run the ball. So everything hinges on the run game. If they do not fix that, Uh, this team will struggle to win the division. This team will struggle to make the playoffs. Um, 
and, and but if they do get it right, which I, I'm fairly confident they will, because uh, Kyle Shanahan generally, you know, is able to scheme up the run game. It obviously didn't work in Atlanta, but uh, I, I think it will turn around. Uh, then I think that you'll see the passing game open up a little bit more, but that certainly was not the case in Atlanta. Oh, they'll struggle to make the playoffs. If I mean, if you're rushing for under, you know, what, 75 yards a game, then yeah, if you're running yeah. for 50 a game, you're, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> no, no and, 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 and I, I do think a lot of that too, to your, to your point earlier about the injuries is look, you know, obviously you're missing Trent Williams going into the game. Mike McGlinchey gets hurt mid game. So you're down to your backup tackles. Jake Brendel had some, he, he had a tough day against Atlanta. Um, and so maybe the fact that Shanahan didn't necessarily trust the offensive line or, or the makeshift or musical chairs act that he's referenced before, um, didn't trust them to be able to run the ball as effectively as he would have liked. Uh, although some parts of that last drive might tell you otherwise. Want to remind everyone to download and rate and subscribe to the podcast Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the 415ers, Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy, as always with you. Well, that, that kind of takes us into our last segment of, the, of this episode, which is surrounding like the reasons for and not for feeling confident in your 49ers because Mark kind of, kind of sprinkled it in there, but obviously, you know, uh, the, the sky is always falling in football, right? Like when you lose, you're down to the bottom of the barrel. When you win, your team is headed to the Super Bowl. And and that's certainly, especially early in the season, is how a lot of these um, these games feel just with not a large sample size to pick from. But I do think there are some certain things on the horizon that will create confidence in this team. And one of which we just touched on, but the offensive line should be getting healthier this weekend with Trent Williams being on track to play against the Kansas City Chiefs. That, to me, is is monumental. I know that they did win pretty handedly against Los Angeles without him. They've been able to win without him in the past, but he covers up so many holes on the offensive line. He helps out, obviously, in the passing game, but especially in the run game. And that, as we're talking about, is the key to sort of all of this. So if you're you already lost both your tackles, you didn't have them last week against Atlanta. You're getting the better one back, probably the best tackle in all of football back. That is certainly going to create more time for Jimmy Garoppolo. That is going to create hopefully more space for Jeff Wilson Jr. and everyone coming out of the backfield. And that that should instill more confidence in fans as far as what to expect against Kansas City. Yeah, and I, w- I would even say, I, I think the offensive line, considering who's been out there the last few weeks since Trent Williams went down, um, and, you know, we don't really know what Mike McGlinchey's status is day-to-day is what Kyle Shanahan last said. Um, I honestly think the offensive line hasn't been bad, and they didn't have a bad game in terms of protecting their quarterback. Uh, in Atlanta, you know, Garoppolo wasn't under that much pressure, but they were really key penalties. You mentioned Jake Brendel. He did not have a good game, specifically those penalties. And of course, the run game just never worked. But I think protecting the quarterback probably been better than expected, at least what I was expecting from this unit without Trent Williams. Excuse me. But that's also against a relatively inferior uh, Atlanta Falcons front seven. You turn the page to this Kansas City front seven, You've got to block the likes of Chris Jones and Frank Clark and George Karloftis, a rookie who's been really good. 
you know, those are two different levels of, you know, front sevens uh, from last week in Atlanta and this week against Kansas City. So they could certainly use Trent Williams back. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan said on Monday on his weekly conference call, he was asked, what are the chances you get both Bosa and Trent Williams back against Kansas City? And he said, quote, I think there's a decent chance. So, you know, that doesn't mean they're for sure going to play, but it looks like they're trending in the right direction. And then at least Kyle Shanahan is generally optimistic in their, you know, ability to play. And if they do on both sides of the ball, that is a huge addition because you're not going to slow down the Kansas City offense uh, without Nick Bosa and, and getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes and, and making him uncomfortable. We'll talk more, a lot more about that on our Friday edition of the episode when we fully preview the 49ers in Kansas City. Um, and I think we've kind of touched on this uh, in a few episodes in the past, specifically maybe the the reaction to the Rams game, Evan. I think, you know, when you want to try to answer this question, you know, are, are you are you confident or are you panicking about the rest of the season for the 49ers? I think a lot of it depends, obviously, on your expectations. Um, if your expectations are being a number one seed in the NFC, uh, it might be time to panic because you're you're three games behind the Philadelphia Eagles. They've they've looked pretty good. Uh, they're undefeated still, and, and they're one of the best teams in the NFL. But if your expectations simply are making the playoffs and you know perhaps winning the NFC West, you got plenty of reasons to be confident. And maybe reason number one is because the rest of the NFC West stinks. I mean, the Los Angeles Rams might not even make the playoffs. The Arizona Cardinals just lost Hollywood Brown for, you know, a month and a half, maybe two months. Uh, they just traded for Robbie Anderson, who essentially got kicked off of the Panthers the week the week before. They're getting DeAndre Hopkins back this week, of course. Uh, but Kyler Murray it seems like a, a question mark at, at quarterback, at least in, in the way that he and Cliff Kingsbury are trying to lead teams. They seem to be at odds all the time. Uh, the Seattle got Seahawks. got played by Geno Smith. <laughs> got outplayed by Geno Smith. Yeah. And, you know, that leads to the Seahawks, who uh, maybe have been one of the bigger surprises in the NFL. What, them, the Giants, and the Jets? Maybe the biggest surprises in the league so far this year. I have been wrong about them so far. I do think they're probably going to regress back towards the mean and, and not play as well the rest of the year. But there's just not a lot of sure things in this conference right now. Uh, pardon me, in this division right now. And, and maybe the surest of those things is the 49ers talent. If they can ever get and stay healthy, I think they have by far the best chance to win the division. So um, I think that's maybe the biggest reason to be confident is just that no one else in this division has any any right in the world to be confident because they have way bigger issues than the 49ers do. No, I, I'm with you. But let me play devil's advocate for a moment. Please. If your reason for feeling confident doesn't have to do with your team, isn't that an issue? It has to do with your team in re relation, like relative yeah. to the other teams. I know the biggest thing, obviously, is is the the injuries. But if you get healthy and you stay healthy, I mean, you are the most complete team in the division by far. And it's it, as much to do with who you have on your team as you know who opponents have on theirs well but but that's where i was going next is i assume the 49ers will get pieces back they may not get all of them back but the odds of them being compromised throughout this season as we've seen over the past 
six weeks are probably better than them being at full strength. And if this version of your 49ers team, which is banged up, which does have injuries, is kind of middling and not really able to separate itself from its own division, from a, a Rams team that I believe to be pretty porous, from a Seattle team that has been shocking, but I think we're both on the same page that they'll come back to earth at some point, and an Arizona team that I refuse to talk about because of how poorly they've played, then it, well, okay, like maybe it is kind of time for me to look around and say, oh my gosh, well, if they're not going to get healthy and they're going to keep hanging around with these bottom feeders, like that may be a reason for me to panic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it, it depends your, I don't know. I, I guess it goes back to expectations. What, what are you basing your, your panic and, and confidence off of? Cause I mean, I think, you know, this is a Niner team last year had to win their last game, last, last mul- multiple games of the season to get into the playoffs. And then they got into the playoffs. They won road playoff games in Dallas in green Bay against teams that were favored against them. And they were right there, uh, a dropped interception away from potentially making the super bowl. And who knows what happens in the super bowl against the Bengals. They probably would have had a decent chance at winning it. I think this is a Niner team, just the style and the way that they play assuming relative health, which I know is a a big question for the 49ers, assuming relative health, if you let this team in the playoffs, I mean, they are the perfect football team for playoff football. Like literally the perfect good running game and a great defense. And the way that, you know, this season has gone across the league. I mean, you look at some of the the numbers. I don't have the, the touchdown numbers in front of me exactly, but this is like the fewest touchdowns through six weeks in the NFL in a number of years. And it's by a wide margin scoring offense. It's down across the board in the NFL defense is making a comeback. And it hasn't been that way for, you know, over a decade in the NFL now, but this is a year where maybe an elite defense and, you know, a middle of the pack offense has enough to win it. It hasn't been the case recently. It's been, you know, Tom Brady's and the Patrick Mahomes, And, you know, the Matthew Stafford's, it's been high powered offenses. Maybe this is the year where it's not the case. I'm not saying the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're going to win the NFC. I'm not saying any of that, but I'm saying that the way that playoff football is in general and the way that the season has been across the entire league this year, I think it's setting up perfectly for the 49ers in the playoffs. Now, the question is, can you get to the playoffs? Uh, and I think because of their division, they have a very good chance to do that. Not saying they're going to be the one seed or even the two seed. Uh, but if I, I'm confident that this is a playoff team. And when that does happen, if it does happen, I'm confident that they're going to present troubles for whoever they play in the first round. Yeah, I can see that. I I do believe that they'll make the playoffs. Uh, if they don't, I think the season's a disaster. But... I'm I'm not sure I'm with you about the playoffs setting up for the 49ers to be the perfect team because generally you kind of need both sides of the ball as well as your special teams to be on the same page. And I I, I do there, there's a few teams out there that are a little more perfect than the 49ers to me set up for winter football, um, even if they throw the ball. I don't actually think the Chiefs are necessarily one of them, and we'll talk about why on Friday. Oh, that's a tease. 
That's called a tease, people. <laughs> I don't think they are a perfect team. They're more perfect than the 49ers right now, just via health. But I, I, I see what you're saying in that, look, defense always travels. Running the ball tends to travel. And having enough at the quarterback position to pass the ball is 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 a winning equation. The only issue I have is that they're going to be in so many close games because of their lack of firepower that a, a, a mistake that if it happens is going to kill them. Like they, they have to play mistake free football. I believe at this point in order to just win on a weekly basis, nevertheless beat a playoff team. So right now, if you're telling me the 49ers are, are, are kind of moving in the right direction. Um, I, you know, I, I'm guess I'm with you when it comes to getting healthy, but, their equation for winning football is one that I'm sure Shanahan believes can can get them to the promised land. That's why he he runs the team the way he does. But if they do not have their full complement of pieces and they do not win the turnover battle and they do not win in the running game and they do not keep defenses out of the backfield and they do not do all of those things at a high level, I, I find it very difficult to believe that they won't be beat. Okay, let me. I think this is a moment, and I understand what you're saying. It's it's not a perfect football team. They're going to have to, you know, play solid, mistake-free football for a lot of the time, you know, to get where they want to go. I agree, but I think this is also a time where we can kind of look at the schedule again and maybe let go of some preconceived notions about you know the teams that they're playing. Because, you know, you, you looked at the schedule originally. You saw uh, two games against Arizona in the second half. You saw a game against New Orleans. You, you were, you know, maybe they could, you know, win their division. You know, they're kind of in a middling division. They could be a playoff team. You saw Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, you probably you know, drew that one up as an L. But look at the schedule now. And, and you know, Kansas City coming up, of course. And then the Rams. You know, the Niners have dominated the Rams. But let's even forget about that one. By in week nine, Evan, after that, five straight home games at Seattle, home against the Washington Commanders, at Las Vegas, and then, um, well, I, I said home against Arizona the, the first time. That was five straight home games. They're actually playing in Mexico City, but it's yeah. actually technically a road game against Arizona, just in a neutral site. And then after Las Vegas in week 17 on the road, they come back home and they play Arizona again. So from week 10 on, they have two road games, one neutral site game, and the rest are at home. And you could, you know, consider the 49ers favorites in maybe all of them. I know Peter King was on 95-7 the game yesterday, and he said... You know, after week seven against Kansas City, I look at the rest of the 49ers schedule. Again, this is Peter King, and he says, I wouldn't bet against them in any one of those games. Rams, Chargers, Arizona twice, New Orleans, Miami, Tampa Bay, Seattle, Washington, and Las Vegas. That's a relatively soft schedule when you consider the fact that none of those games, none of them will be outside of the Pacific Standard Time Zone. None of them. This is a schedule for the 49ers in the second half that is begging them to get on a roll before the postseason, begging them 
to roll through the rest of the NFC West, claim the division, and go into the postseason winners of something like six of their last seven games. It is absolutely begging them to do that. And, you know, it's not not necessarily going to happen. But if it does and the 49ers figure out their run game, they get healthy on the defensive side of the ball, I'm still confident at this moment that the Niners will be a team that other teams will not want to face in the postseason because of what we've talked about, because of what we saw last year from a team who still suffered from a lot of the same issues as this team is. They can't, you know, push the ball down the field. Their passing game is relatively um, inconsistent. Debo Samuel, they have to use him in the running game to get their offense going. All of that stuff is still here, but they got to the NFC Championship game with that last year. I don't know about you, but but I am still confident that this is a team that has the playoffs in their future and, you know, with, with a, a tiny bit of luck, probably has a playoff win in them. Well, we can talk about those reasons continue the conversation on Friday because that is all the time that we have today here on Wednesday. Appreciate all of you tuning into the 415ers podcast. Mark, thank you so much, sir, for being the voice of reason for the 49ers faithful. I try my best. Now, you know, jump ahead to January and maybe this will all be proven wrong, but <laughs> I guess we'll find out. I'm sure there's someone out there keeping receipts. Uh, I am I am not. But we appreciate all of you tuning in. As always, download, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars. As always, we'll be talking to you on Friday, previewing the Chiefs game. Big game coming up for the 49ers. Do not want to miss that episode. Uh, in the meantime, take it easy, and we'll talk to you on Friday.